Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Get Off Your Affirmation is a call to action. Each week, we challenge you to take an in-depth look at your current beliefs and provide loving support and innovative tools to guide you toward fulfilling your spiritual potential and becoming the change you wish to see in the world. We're committed to human rights, social justice, and nonviolent action. I've been looking forward to this episode because there are some really important ideas we're going to cover today. Right now, we're less than three weeks away from our 2020 presidential election, and we're coming to the end of the most challenging and chaotic year we've ever experienced, with no tangible end in sight. It's hard to think of the holidays coming up when Most of us are simply exhausted from dealing with financial challenges and health challenges and are really craving some kind of positive change. In other times, we would be enjoying getting together with friends and planning trips to interesting places, but those options are not available to us right now, so we need to find ways to cope with what is and make the best of it. It would be so wonderful if we were just able to take some time off each day and quietly commune with ourselves, to reflect on the beauty of the human spirit, to be grateful for our loved ones, and to feel comfortable and acceptable in our own skin. Unfortunately, too often, our quiet time of self-contemplation and inner renewal ends up being interrupted by negative self-talk. Instead of a soothing meditation, we find ourselves listening to that critical voice within our minds the voice that haunts us by reminding us of past mistakes and other perceived inadequacies. My experience with that chatter of negative self-talk comes when I'm trying to focus on a task or get into a creative flow like playing music. In that situation, it feels like I've got this voice over my shoulder giving me all the negative feedback I've ever heard plus any additional fears that my subconscious brings up It's hard to stay connected and focused on what I'm trying to do, and even harder to receive or give myself support and encouragement because I've been subjecting myself to this litany of unnecessary and really harsh language. It feels as though we have an enemy living inside our consciousness whose approval we're never going to get. It reminds me of a quote by Mahatma Gandhi in which he points out that Some of the greatest violence we can ever commit takes place in our own minds. Gandhi referred to non-physical violence as passive violence and shared a great deal about how this type of violence against ourselves can be extremely detrimental to our own well-being. So the question is, why would we be against ourselves? Why would we be willing to hurt ourselves and call ourselves names? Well, we're really not willing to hurt ourselves. What we're trying to do is protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe, but we're going about it in a self-destructive way. Right. We're listening to our inner critic, the aspect of our personality that acts as the authority figure in our consciousness, always reminding us that we haven't done enough or we've done too much or that we failed to be perfect. The inner critic's information is based on socially acceptable values from the outside world. 
In truth, the inner critic is just a manifestation of our ego and is a compilation of distorted information, egocentric needs, and a constant preoccupation with perfection. We talked about this subject in greater depth in our previous episode, Breaking the Cycle of Self-Condemnation. Yes, the critic feeds on our insecurities, but not because it's our enemy, but because it fears for our safety and believes that being safe is about being flawless and never allowing anyone to see our weaknesses. That's certainly not healthy, but it doesn't seem to stop many of us from listening to the critic and doing everything possible to take the critic's advice. Yes, and of course this is the problem with experiencing inner peace. We long for that opportunity, and we often make efforts to achieve it, but the inner critic will simply not let us rest. The biggest problem is not that the inner critic exists, but that we believe what the inner critic is saying and continue to be victimized by that voice of disapproval because we believe it to be true. The irony is that what we really need is love and support from our higher self the voice of truth and love within us. What we really deserve is the reinforcement that comes with words of love and acceptance. Instead, we have the inner critic who's impersonating our higher self and pretending to be the voice of reason. And so we don't actually get along with ourselves the way we need to because of the inner critic's unrealistic expectations and control issues. We need to remember that our goal is about achieving inner peace, and not just for our own sake, but for the sake of blessing the planet with our light and our love. We need to find ways to diminish its leadership position in our minds and to be able to relax within ourselves without constant conflict. So, today I respectfully challenge each of us to get off our affirmation and work on getting along with ourselves. This is not as easy as it sounds, but it's worth it. Unless we get along with ourselves, not only do we suffer, but our relationships suffer, everyone in our environment suffers. We can never really trust each other with respect if we have no respect for ourselves, and we'll always judge others harshly because that's the way we're used to judging ourselves. Yes, there's no question that our values have been skewed by constantly focusing on what it is that we should be rather than discovering who we really are. And advertising has played a big part in deciding for us what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, who's a winner, who's a loser, who's successful, who's not successful. Now, obviously, part of this reliance on advertising to set the standards for our success in life is absolutely ridiculous. And yet, it seems that the great majority of us take much of it seriously. We pay attention to the commercials on TV. We rely on billboards and magazines to provide us with what the well-dressed man or woman or child is wearing. We scour the internet to make sure we can get a good deal on designer shoes that might not really fit, but have the brand name out there where people can see it and see us as important. Trend following is something I've grown up observing. When I was younger, it was mostly centered around clothing brands and hairstyles, but as I got older, around high school age, more and more trends started coming from social media. 
not just about fashion, but about who could be the coolest or bravest or craziest by doing the latest trend of the week. Instead of trying to follow a fashion trend to fit in with our immediate peer group, the goal became to get the most views, which would make us the most popular and the coolest. Some trends were harmless and funny, but some individuals took things too far. I remember one trend being to record yourself eating a whole spoonful of cinnamon, which is actually really dangerous when inhaled, which of course is inevitable if you put a whole spoonful in your mouth. It's awful. I know, but I bet the people who did those videos received a lot of views and validation and were the center of attention and felt special, at least for a while. Right. There's a need to look outside of ourselves for validation. We look to advertising to tell us who we should be, how we should look, how we should dress, how we should smell, and what we need to buy in order to fit in and be our best selves. And if that weren't a problem in and of itself, what really becomes a problem is how often the trends change. What's beautiful in any given time can change with the next billboard. We see by looking at fine art throughout the years that what's considered a beautiful body in a particular period could easily turn out to be too heavy or too thin or disproportionate in another period of time. In other words, by allowing advertisers or influencers to manipulate our self-image, we're essentially saying that we have no value in and of ourselves and need to change our looks to meet specific standards. Our inner critic is manipulated by these same arbitrary standards. The critic says, if we're not perfect, we failed. If we express unpopular opinions, we should keep our mouth shut. If we decide to be different, we're ostracized or maybe sometimes even bullied. And as we've said, setting up these standards is unreasonable and unfair because we're unique and individualized. Our goal is to find and express our authentic selves, not to conform to group pressure and be content with imitating others. This war between our inner critic and our essential self sets up a polarizing dynamic within our own consciousness and produces a great deal of shame and blame. So we'll continue to argue with ourselves whenever the critic fears that we're not protecting ourselves from being ostracized by our social group or our cultural group. Yes, it's true the critic wants to control us, and we want to get rid of the critic. The truth is, we don't need to get rid of the critic. The critic has a role to play within the spectrum of our consciousness. The problem is not that the critic is there. It's that we've allowed the critic to assume a leadership role in our consciousness, which can truly be detrimental. So, it's up to us to gently release the power we've given the critic and move to a higher level of reasoning and compassion. A lot of us are afraid to do that because we're concerned that without the critic keeping us in line, we will fail. Yes, and that is exactly why we need to cultivate a new mindset and recognize when we're being victimized by the critic or when we're receiving input from our authentic self. The first step in cultivating a new mindset is learning appropriate self-talk. When we engage in wise and compassionate self-talk, we see that our goal is not to demean ourselves, but to inform ourselves of what actually happened and what we can do to correct it. 
For example, the inner critic will say, you left your wallet at home. That was really stupid. How could you be so careless? And then ramble on and on about how stupid we were. In contrast, our higher self will say, you left your wallet at home. It's best to go home and get it and make yourself a checklist before you leave the house next time. How empowering it is to come to terms with the fact that we can all make mistakes without calling ourselves a failure. All compassionate communication is based on the recognition that if we acknowledge the facts as they exist without personal attacks, we're much better able to deal effectively with the situation and move forward with a minimum of resistance. Oh, that's definitely true. You pointed that out to me a long time ago when you asked me to notice how sports figures responded to making mistakes when being interviewed after a game. They almost always are able to evaluate what they did by being objective. Instead of saying, oh, I missed the ball, I hate myself, I let everyone down, they'll say, oh, I lost sight of the ball and didn't make the catch. This is a simple and accurate way of describing the situation. The player can then decide to use different strategies next time without shame or blame. In other words, mistakes happen, I made one, I take it seriously, but it's not the end of the world. This is such an important part of letting go of the inner critic's influence on our sense of self-worth. Another shift in mindset occurs when we realize that everyone makes mistakes. No matter how much we practice, no matter how prepared we are for a task, no matter how intelligent we are, we all make mistakes. It's normal. It's not a sign that we're unqualified or a failure. Our ability to accept this truth will keep us from needing to be punished every time we give a less-than-perfect performance. The critic insists on telling us that our failure to execute a task makes us a failure, but it doesn't, because we're not. And every time we slip up and start to think of ourselves as a failure or unworthy, we're essentially beckoning the inner critic to browbeat us once again. Another important way to deal with our inner critic is to give it a name and have a conversation with it. Now, I know that might sound strange or off the beaten path, but psychologists recommend reducing the power that the critic has over us by giving it a name and understanding that there's nothing to fear. I have been talking with my inner critic for years. Uh, Some of you might know I call her Aunt Rose, even though I've never had an Aunt Rose, and especially because I've never had an Aunt Rose. At this point in my relationship with her, I'm well aware that Aunt Rose does not hate me. Rather, she's afraid for me. And when I ask her why she's flying off the handle, she'll respond by saying, I'm worried that you did something to get you into trouble, and I'm afraid. At which point, I do my best to reassure her and get out of a long conversation by giving her another, less demanding job to do. Uh, Sometimes I ask her to count the hangers in my bedroom closet, other times to get the stains out of the laundry, and maybe other times to spell check uh, if I've written a paper. Believe me when I tell you we can have a much greater understanding of our critic and be victimized far less when we stop taking her personally and remember 
who we are. So let's do a recap on today's episode. First of all, everyone has an inner critic that lives inside our head and is a part of our psyche. It's called a subpersonality. The critic acts as an authority figure, always reminding us that we failed in some way. The critic constantly demeans us over the tiniest mistake, and the critic's voice keeps us from experiencing the inner peace that we so richly deserve. Our critic doesn't hate us, but is really afraid for us. Because the critic is ego-driven, we shouldn't pay too much attention to what it says, and especially how it says it. Rather than getting rid of our critic, we want to talk to the critic and redirect its energy, send it off to do another job. Our goals toward cultivating inner peace inside of ourselves is to cultivate compassionate self-talk and make sure that we speak to ourselves with the respect we deserve. Secondly, always keep in mind that mistakes are a normal part of life and in no way describes our character. We make a mistake, it happens to everyone, and it doesn't mean we're a bad person. We are good by nature. We were born of the one omnipresent universal mind that we call God or spirit. We are worthy of living life to the fullest. We have spiritual gifts to share, each and every one of us, and the universe is supporting us every step of the way. All we need to do is to agree that we are worthy and deserving of living a peaceful and creatively fulfilling life. Our goal is to get along with ourselves, within ourselves, to acknowledge and recognize all of the facets of our consciousness, including the inner child, the inner critic, the inner adolescent, and all of the other archetypes that supply us and serve us when we use them wisely. We are cultivating our ability to feel peaceful and unafraid, to be able to have a balanced perspective on reality, to accept ourselves and develop healthy self-esteem. We don't need to be afraid of our inner critic or panic when she comes into our experience. We need to understand that we, and when I say we, I am talking about our higher self, the divine I am. We have the power, the ability to say to our inner critic, thank you for caring about me. I appreciate what you're doing, but I'll go ahead and make my own decisions as to how to handle this situation and whether or not to listen to your input this time. I value you, but not for this job. And so, this is our goal, this is our mission, and I bless each of you on your way to a greater and fuller experience of inner peace and harmony. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please subscribe on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com, and connect with us on our Facebook page. We're really looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you and have a wonderful week. You deserve it.